Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Howdy, Colin. You ready for some football? Oh, yeah. Well, maybe we're going to get a win this week. Against Eastern Mission, I would surely hope so. Yeah, uh, you know, we got some interviews this week, and I learned a little bit about Eastern Michigan because, honestly, there were two things I knew about the Eagles going into that interview. One is that they nearly disbanded the football program in April, which says a yeah. lot yeah. lot for their talent level. The second thing I knew was that uh, they recruited in this offseason a guy named Lion King. Yeah, well, that can't hurt, I suppose. First name Lion, last name King. So... Uh, yeah. You know, it's the circle of life recruiting. Yeah, Akuma Matata, motherfuckers. So anyway, I talked to Rob Rubick, the play-by-play analyst for Eastern Michigan, to learn a little bit about the Eagles. I was a little surprised what he had to say. Apparently he thinks they're a team on the rise, but uh, surely they won't give the Tigers too much trouble. If they do, I think, that, like I said during last week's show, the, the season's off. Yeah, I, I, I mean, a, a team on the rise given where they're at is okay i mean it means they're not there yet and even if they were there they're probably not ever going to be power five there so hopefully mizzou will you know have their way i mean that's what i want like we said in the weekend show i want mizzou to fucking blow somebody out we haven't had a we haven't had a cupcake blowout in two years i want somebody to get their head kicked in yeah i mean that would be nice the only thing the only downside to something like that happening i guess it's not really a downside is I'd like to learn whether we made corrected a few errors, and if we're playing a team that's that bad, it's it's tough to discern whether we're sort of fixing anything from West Virginia. I don't care. I think at this point, as much as anything, the program needs confidence. Yeah, and a good confidence builder would just kick the holy fuck out of somebody. Yeah. Well, I think we found our men in in the Eastern Michigan Eagles. So. Other interviews we've got. we got a big one, Colin. Uh, Coach Barry Odom joined us again to talk about the upcoming game. So that was a good – That guy's just terrific. Yeah, he's a real good get and uh, I mean, fun to talk to. I mean, we could to even look in our general direction. No, well, he's, he's a smart man. Yeah. But Barry's, a, Barry's an everyman, and he's perfectly happy to talk to anybody. And he did talk to us about what his expectations were and some of the faults we had in the West Virginia game. Well, good. I'll be curious to hear that. Mm-hmm. And then finally on our show today, we've got Booger McFarland from the SEC Network. Our old friend Booger has rejoined us again uh, to not so much talk about this game, but just what the Tigers need to do to get on the mend and, and get competitive again in this SEC East division. Good. I'm off. That's great. I love Booger, and uh, I always feel like, what a huge get. Booger's a super knowledgeable guy on a super big network, so hey. Good for us. Good for him. Yeah, I kissed his ass a little bit, and but it was genuine. I do think Booger is, as far as the analysts go on that network, I'm always impressed. He knows our depth chart like two, three deep, and he's got to cover yeah, fourteen know, teams. Yeah, and uh, rightly so. I mean, you guys going to give us uh, give us some time? We can polish his cane a little bit. Mm-hmm. But you're right. I mean, the one thing I notice about Booger when I watch the SEC Network of all of the talking heads that they have there, Booger is the only one that seems to be 
level-headed about things. You know, he's the only guy who you got the guy from Vanderbilt graduated from Vanderbilt who thinks Vanderbilt's going to have eight wins, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and the guy who graduated from Florida <laughs> thinks thinks Florida's definitely win the SEC East. You know what I mean? And Booger's the only guy. No, care. I went to LSU, but LSU's not going to you know not there yet. You know, he's he seems the most rational and well-educated about all fourteen teams. Right. Yeah, well, I'll tell you, there was one thing he mentioned, and I'll ask you to listen in and, and see if you pick it up, that I disagreed with Booger strongly on. Okay. So uh, we'll take a listen to all these interviews and, and pay special attention to that and see if you can find out where me and Booger may be part ways. Okay. All right, so you ready to do this thing? M-I-Z. Z-O-U. Gonna throw it. Slam. This bug's for you. This is the Mazzotcast. Joining us now, the Eastern Michigan radio analyst, Rob Rubick. Thanks for joining us, Rob. Uh, my pleasure, Brendan. I wanted to have you on because, obviously, Missouri folks don't know too much about Eastern Michigan, our upcoming opponent this Saturday. With one game down in the books, Eastern Michigan has a win. But what can you tell us about this Eagles team in 2016? Well, I've been covering Eastern via the radio since 1999, and I think this is one of the more competitive teams they've had. Now, it's hard to tell. The opponent that played in the first week was really under man when Mississippi Valley State, better known as Jerry Rice University. Right. They uh, they didn't have a lot, I shouldn't say a lot, up front either side of the ball, so they really couldn't pressure, and they really had a hard time taking the front four of Eastern Michigan, and that, that's the strength of this team. That's why this team's going to be probably the most competitive it's been in years, is they're good on both sides of the ball up front. They have a, a pro prospect, a legitimate pro prospect on each side, defensive end Pat O'Connor, who was their best defensive player two years ago, and then he tore his leg up last year in training camp and didn't play the entire season. Well, he's back, and he came back with a vengeance. I mean, he had a couple of sacks. I think he had a couple of three tackles for loss. He's got a great motor. He, he really works up field hard and, and does a nice job. And they also got the other defensive end, Jeremiah Harris, who was their next best player who missed the entire season last year. So they got their bookend defensive ends are back. They're more sound in the middle. And Coach Nethery, the new defensive coordinator, is running a 4-2-5 scheme, which is new to Eastern Michigan. But they have the good people up front, and they got a couple linebackers that can really run. And they were much more sound defensively than they've been in the past. Well, that's interesting because, obviously, one of the biggest questions Missouri had going into the season was their offensive line. They played very poorly last year, and they played pretty decent against the pass rush against West Virginia, but we still haven't seen enough to know what they can do against a team that defends against the run. And then we didn't play very well on the line on defense, and so the line question marks on both sides of the ball are what Missouri fans are going to want to see answered next week. So tell me a little bit about the offense, and particularly the offensive line for Eastern Michigan. Well, this is a veteran offensive line, and that's one of the reasons Coach Creighton was pretty optimistic coming into this season. I mean, all five guys up front, have been together and have started in the past. So this is, I think they start four seniors and a junior in the offensive front. 
So it's an experienced offensive line. I think Kajon Armstrong is only he's a red shirt sophomore out of Detroit, and he'll be seeing quite a bit of time as well. But it's an experienced line now. But, you know, I tell people their whole line's coming back. They say, well, that's great. So it's great if they're good. If they're good players. If not, <laughs> you're just you know just throwing bad money after bad money. But right. they are. There's some you know the left tackle is a pro prospect. He's a converted tight end. And he has just done a Cole Gardner. He six five, two hundred ninety five pound redshirt senior. He started last year for the first time at tackle, but in the year was their best offensive lineman, a converted tight end, because he has that athleticism. You see in the NFL a lot. You look at Joe Staley mm-hmm. from the uh, San Francisco Forty Nine ers. He's a converted tight end at Central Michigan, and he's had an unbelievable career. So I think Cole Gardner is probably the most outstanding offensive line, and they're big up front. I mean, they got some big bodies. You look at Andrew Wiley, the right. T- Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Tackle, he's a 6'6", 311 pound redshirt senior. So they're experienced, they have good size to match up. Now, now remember, when I say match up, you're talking about SEC team. Right. You know, Eastern plays the Mid-American Conference. They don't see the type of athletes week in and week out that they're going to see against Missouri. So it's so hard to really get a reading on this team, how they're going to match up against Mizzou, for the fact that it's a huge jump from Mississippi Valley State, a 1AA team. That's not a good 1AA team either. I, I still call it 1AA. What is it? FC? Yeah, I'm the same way. You know you know what I mean. Yeah, that's a 1AA team. And they're not a good 1AA team. And, you know, it was a 61 nothing game in the third quarter, and it was... You know, my my area of expertise is how many stories can we tell in the fourth quarter? <laughs> oh yeah, well the stories are written by the fourth quarter, I imagine. By oh, most of yeah. them. So uh, this is a great test, and I think Eastern will compete. Will they win? I, I probably you know it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough sledding against. Us. I mean, we've done okay last year. Went down to LSU and competed for three quarters really well, mm-hmm. and we just kind of got worn out a little bit in the heat. And you know you're playing a big athletic team, and sooner or later, bigger, stronger better people went out and that's what happened last year now this is a better football team than we have this year uh, we're we're better at up front on both sides of the ball i think we have a few better skilled kids our skilled kids though we you know our receivers we get the fast receivers that are you know 5 10 5 11 we don't get the 6 2 6 3 sec you know i like watching mississippi and they're just rolling out big body after big body yeah. You know, Florida State, they have athlete after that. We don't get that. You guys get all Americans. We get, like, all Washtenaw County guys. <laughs> <laughs> we, we don't get the same type of player. Now, that being said, it's a huge challenge for these young men, you know, kids that weren't recruited maybe by the bigger schools, and kids progress. You know, I mean, I walked out of the Division two school and played seven years in the league, so people get better. The problem with Eastern Michigan is you have to have too many kids 
hit and get better, you know what I'm saying, to compete right. week in and week out of that level. But on any given Saturday, they could step up, play well, and hopefully we'll give the Missouri fans, you know, a, a good game. Yeah, what are your expectations? I mean, you, you talk about the size difference, and the, we deal with that to a, a lesser degree playing the Alabamas of the world where we've got oh, two- and three-star recruits, and they've got all five-star recruits. But what are your expectations uh, going on the road to play? Well, obviously, your number one expectation is to win. Mm-hmm. Now, whether or not that's a realistic expectation, I don't know. You know, we've competed with you know other teams, Division One, big time programs in the past. But it's it's. I think Coach Creighton, big things he wants to get out of this is number one, he wants to get better. And number two is obviously he'd like to come out healthy because when they get into their conference schedule, and a win would be tremendous. It'd be a, you know the biggest win in our program. I'm not going to lie, we, we have not beat a, a big time power uh, yeah power conference team yet. So it would be good. You know, we've lost Northwestern a few times, close and so forth over the years. But Northwestern is not year in year out what Missouri is. But yeah, it's uh, it'll be interesting. I, I think defensively we'll hold up okay. It offensively is my concern. You know, we have a big offensive line. I'm not sure who the Q is going to be yet. Uh, I know Brogan Roback, our starter, he sat in the first game because of some team violations, whatever. And I'm not sure if he's going to be back yet this week. I wasn't privy to that, and I really didn't want to know. So, you know, they went with uh, Todd Porter last week, and he, once again, it was, it was against a sub, subpar team, and he looked good. Mm-hmm. How he's going to look when he's got people in his face with pressure, I don't know. But they got a really good tandem of running backs, really solid. And they are going to get what's there and get you a little bit more. Receivers did a good job, pretty good tight ends. As I said, this is the best Eastern Michigan team I've covered in quite a few years, probably since the Jeff Jennick era in the early 2000s. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to come down there but it's one of those things is when you line up and, and you got guy after guy coming in and they start going there too deep and rotate defensive linemen and pressure it, it's tough to hold up against teams that are you know very talented and very deep well hope you have a good time in columbia if you need any restaurant recommendations well, I, I do we're, now we're staying at the, the uh, i think we're staying out by the airport somewhere and what is there a good barbecue i know i know oh yeah yeah we we, we got some barbecue. Now, the airport is, is about 10 miles out of town, south of town, but uh, there's a couple good places for barbecue. There's one particularly downtown. Yeah. What's it called? Shotgun Pete's. That's the one downtown. Shotgun, I like the name already. Yeah, it's a good spot, and, and uh, their pulled pork is the best. They put it on their nachos, so if you like a big, if you want a real calorie meal, the pulled pork nachos are the way to go, but, but you know, ribs, they got the whole nine yards. Well, outstanding. We appreciate the hospitality when we come out to Columbia. I've never been there. New place for me. It's my seventh FCC school that we've played against. So Not bad. Yeah, I'm looking oh. forward to it, and hopefully we, we put on a good show for you. Oh, I hope it's a great game, and I hope you enjoy your trip. The weather's good and everything like that, and thanks for joining us. All right, Brendan. Thank you kindly. Joining us now, first-year head coach of the Missouri Tigers, Barry Odom, coming off the first game of the season, a loss to West Virginia. Looking forward to this Saturday's first home game against Eastern Michigan. Coach Odom, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me, boys. Well, tell me what your thoughts are heading into Eastern Michigan. Uh, we had some disappointments uh, over in, uh, in Morgantown. What do you got to fix heading into the Eagles matchup? Well, just uh, you know, every every facet of the game could be, could be improved. It really could. I mean, we didn't finish in offense, and we sure did finish on defense. It it it, it was 
it was it wasn't good. We stunk. We stunk out there in a lot of phases. You know, we stunk bad enough we could knock a buzzard off a shit wagon. <laughs> so we we got a we got we definitely have some things to correct, which we've been at it in practice, and I think we're gonna. I think we're going to come out and give a, a Eastern Michigan all a all exam. Tell me a little bit about the defense. You being a big defensive coordinator last year and hiring new uh, defensive coordinator Demonte Cross, we were kind of surprised to see how poorly the line played. Despite obviously we had a couple losses in Brantley and Brady, but gosh, they just didn't look like the Tigers of, of old. Well, you know, we got we got we got we lost some players. You know, key positions and. Uh, I think more than that, you know, we're just we're pr- trying to do something different, a little different styleation, a little bit of, uh, uh, you know, if it works, it works. If it doesn't, we'll we'll change things. I think you're going to see that this week. But, you know, I I think we, you know, I let Demonte take a little of the emphasis off the rush, and uh, and the effort to stop the run, but that obviously didn't help much because we we were we were very porous. So. Uh, but we'll work on it. We'll see what happens. We, we, you know, if, if we feel like the run defense needs is 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 suffering for it, we'll 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 let the dogs loose there on the D line again. Well, yeah, I particularly were wondering about the the linebackers. Burkett knew at the position uh, looked like he was yeah, out of position. Boy, well, you know, he's greener than grass, and uh, you know, he don't at this point he's just not played a lot of football at this level. You know, he don't know where to check his ass or scratch his watch. You know, but <laughs> he's got. He's 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 gonna come along, you know. Nobody starts out a, a, a four-year starting senior, you know. So he's and he's got big shoes to fill, you know. So he, he'll catch up. But I agree with you, you know. He was like I said, he's green as grass, and he looked every bit of it on uh, on Saturday. Well, uh, we're hoping to see some big things out of Drew Locke here against a, a lesser defense in Eastern Michigan. And you had Marvin Zanders coming in uh, a little bit last week, and some people were criticizing the coaching staff for hey, putting. Man, I, I come straight out and said it. We fucked that up. We fucked it up good. You know, I said it in the press conference. I mean, I didn't use that language, obviously. I didn't want you know Dave Matter to shit himself, but but that's just hey, man, that's the plain truth. Coach, to, coach to uh, coach to man, man to man. Uh, we fucked that up. You know, with that Xanders thing, we we really killed the drive. My my own son came home from the game. You know, said, "Dad, what the motherfucking shit were you doing?" You know, and Your I, son I said just that. told him, "Yeah, he said you stupid, no low rent son of a bitch." Now, of course, I beat him mercilessly for that because he's got to show his daddy respect. But right. either way, it just it just goes to the point that I fucked up, and I'm a man big enough to say that I fucked up when I fucked up. How much are we going to see of Xanders uh, this weekend? Oh, I don't know. Probably more than you more than last week i mean i expect to to you know kick a mud hole and walk it dry against an eastern michigan team so there should be plenty of opportunity for everybody to get some tick yeah well i'm we're hoping we have a big enough score that uh, a lot of the first stringers are sitting by second half yeah that'd be all right too that'd be all right too there's a lot of young guys in this team looking for opportunities and we're looking for guys to flash show us something so you know we can get them to do some things you know maybe they'll earn some opportunities so we we hope that we like I said, kick a mud hole in them and walk it dry. Well, Coach Odom, one thing I wanted to ask you about, there's news today that Missouri football received a $10 million donation from some, goddamn right. yeah, some anonymous donors in Kansas City towards uh, a facilities improvement. And then uh, Athletic Director Sturk mentioned that he was reviving that south end zone plan that, that Mike Alden originally worked with on Coach Pinkle and then, and then Mac Rhodes had, had sort of – killed so it's back on new locker rooms no new training facilities at south end zone it sounds like it's back on what is that going to mean to this football program well you know molly mac rose was a great a asshole and i think most people would agree with that i mean he hired me but but facts the facts are facts you know 
And so I'm, I'm glad Mr. Sturt come in and saw the error of those decisions. But I will say this. I mean, I was an advocate for splitting that money half and half. I wanted to give uh, half of it uh, to the more academic side of the university uh, in the in the attempt to try to figure out a way to stop tornadoes or uh, kill tornadoes or, you know, just uh, eradicate this world tornadoes. I wanted the scientists to get involved. But they, they convinced me that giving all $10 million to the athletic department was a good idea, and I can't disagree. I mean, it's where I work. So, hey, you know, if I get a bigger office with some swankier windows and pillows, you know, hey, more the better for me. But, you know, I just want people to know that I'm not all football. I'm You know, I, I care about academics, and I care about – well, I care about tornadoes. <laughs> sure, sure. I mean, that would have made some headlines. That that kind of kindness towards meteorology. Uh, that reminds me, in the old Big Twelve days, you did have to go up against the Iowa State Cyclones. Did did that affect uh, you in any way? Well, I'm gonna tell you what. I, you know, Iowa State was a shit team, but I there was a certain trepidation every every time that that game come up on the schedule. Just. I mean, it's it's just a a, a mascot. I understand. That. I'm a, I'm not a fool, you know. But certainly, certainly that was you know it, it crossed my mind. I'll say that. But let's just you know. I mean, I, I shouldn't even brought up tornadoes, and I certainly don't want to get you going down that road. I mean, there's you know, I, let's just not stick to football. All right. Well, seems like we always drift into the realm of tornadoes. Or as much as you want to. Avoid I know it's unfortunate. Yeah. Um, people have told me that sometimes maybe I, I talk about them too much, especially for a guy who don't want to really talk about them. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I hear you. Well, Coach, I appreciate you joining us and sharing a little insight into uh, yeah, no both last week's game and, and what's coming up Eastern Michigan. We we wish you well. You got any predictions? Oh, I, I don't. You know, maybe a coach probably shouldn't give predictions, but you know what? I'm I'm a little bit of a more of a play things straight. So I'll say you know, uh, Eastern Michigan three. University of Missouri, mm, let's see, 213. Okay, 213 to 3. Take it to Vegas, folks. Coach Odom, thanks again. How are you, you going to celebrate if you get the big win, first win? Oh, I mean, you know, same way I celebrate a loss or same way I celebrate a birthday. We'll crack open a stag, baby. You know how it goes. Steak, taters, and gravy in a can, man. All right. Good luck out there. Thank you, boys. There's one sure way to beat that tired, thirsty feeling that naturally follows a hard day's work. Just stop in at your friendly Stag Tavern. Look for the sign of quality, Stag Beer on Draft, and order a cold, thirst-quenching glass of famous Stag Beer. Extra brew to give you that extra beer-drinking pleasure. Enjoy a cold, golden glassful of Stag Beer on Draft today at your friendly Stag Tavern. And now the show with even fewer fans than the Kansas Jayhawks homecoming game, the Mazad Cast. Joining us now from the SEC Network, Booger McFarlane. Thanks for joining us, Booger. Hey, man, glad to be on. Well, I wanted to have you on, Booger, because not so much for this upcoming game going up against Eastern Michigan, because if the Tigers can't win this one, their season really is screwed. But just I wanted to hear your thoughts on what Barry Odom needs to do with this team to rebuild long term, what you've seen so far and what you think are keys to making the Tigers competitive again, uh, SEC this year, next year, coming years. Well, I think, number one, you have to start with what's made Missouri uh, a very good team in the last few years. Uh, and that's been their defense, and that's been primarily been the guys up front. I think, you know, losing uh, Brady off this team uh, hurt, losing 
Al Brantley off this team hurt because the defensive line was going to be the strength of this team and was going to make up for some of the deficiencies that they have on the back end. I think that long term, if you want to rebuild this team, you first and foremost got to have a defensive line that can compete down in and down out in this conference. And Missouri's always had that. They don't necessarily have that right now. On the other side of the football, kind of more of the same, the offensive line and the lack of playmakers. I think Drew Locke's going to be a very good quarterback for the next couple of years. But what you do with a good quarterback is you have to surround him with weapons. They need to have a stellar recruiting class at the wide receiver position. They need to get a couple of offensive tackles. Uh, running back, you know, you can kind of get away with that. But if you're going to have a big-time quarterback, you got to surround him with big-time weapons. So if Barry Odom wants us to see long-term, he's going to complement what he has, which is a good quarterback and a defensive line that's been really, really good over the last few years. We did see, you mentioned Harold Brantley and Walter Brady being gone, and we did see against West Virginia the defense did not look as strong. Going forward with the rest of the season, do you think that maybe is a first-game fluke that needs fixing? We have a new defensive strategy under Coach Damani Cross, or do you think that it is just a personnel problem that's just not as strong this year? And if so, what do we need to look for going forward to know whether this defense is very much worse than it was last year, especially at the line? Well, I think it's going to be a personnel issue. You know, you can call the defensive coordinator out and you can say, hey, he should have made this call or that call. But the bottom line, the defensive coordinator never steps on the field. So it's got to be up to the guys that are out there. And when you look over the last few years, man, Missouri's had some dudes up front. Like right now, the dudes that they have up front just aren't as good as the dudes that they've had in the past. And, you know, I feel bad for Brandlin. I feel bad for Brady. Charles Harris is one of the premier ends in the country, but he's not getting any help right now, or at least he didn't get any help through game one. And I don't even know if he was really good in game one. So I think going forward, you got to get depth along the front line on defense. you got to get depth along the front line on offense. And you got to have playmakers. You know, Jamon Moore is starting to come into his own a little bit. Chris Black mm-hmm. uh, should help out. But you need to get some big-time receivers. You have got to get some guys on the outside that are going to be big-time much like they've had in the past, you look at Bud Sasser, you look at Dorio Green Beckham, like they've gotten big time receivers at Missouri. You got to get some more of those. So I'm looking at the offense. The line did look better, at least against the pass rush. The new offensive coach, Josh Heupel, he has mixed in this uh, dual quarterback system a little bit with uh, Marvin Sanders taking uh, direct snap runs and things. What are your thoughts on this dual quarterback system with Locke obviously leading the charge? And some of us say you got two quarterbacks, you got no quarterbacks, but what do you think about uh, using two different quarterbacks with two different skill sets? It's about moving the football, man. Look at Texas. Texas played two quarterbacks and they did it very effectively. Shane Bouchelle obviously threw for uh, almost 300 yards and he's clearly the better passer. But when they brought in Tyrone Swoops in that 18 wheeler package, he was able to do a lot in the run game. So, I like playing two quarterbacks if the two quarterbacks have very different skill sets, much like they did in Texas. So I like what Xanders does. He comes in, gives a little change of pace, gives you a little something else to prepare for. And for Missouri, they need playmakers. Like, you can't just say, hey, Xanders is one of our best playmakers, and we're going to leave him on the sideline. So I like what they're doing, being aggressive, getting more playmakers on the field. If they can continue to do that, then I continue to play him because – Drew Locke's still going to get his 30, 35 throws a game. I mean, Xanders is basically, he's taking runs away from the running back, but not the quarterback. And guess what? Locke doesn't run anyway. So it's really not affecting Locke in any way at all. Just think of Xanders as an extra running back. He's just taking a snap 
in a wildcat situation. What are your thoughts about what Missouri has to do in 2016 to be bowl eligible? We've got three games that seem winnable in non-conference play, but we're going to have to win some SEC games. Do you see another three wins on the board for the Tigers this year? Well, if, if they if they get three more wins, they're going to have to beat teams uh, like Kentucky. They're going to have to beat teams like South Carolina. I think they can beat Kentucky. They can beat South Carolina. They could probably beat Vanderbilt, but they're going to have to beat those teams because the rest of the East, I don't know if they can beat Georgia, Florida, Tennessee. I, I, I don't think they can beat those three. So LSU, that game in Baton Rouge is going to be tough, or at least it should be. So right. they're going to have to beat the teams on the bottom end of the SEC East because the team from the West on the crossover and the teams in the upper echelon in the East, I really don't think they have a shot at. Sure, and I'm going to leave you with one last question about that, the East. We've been scratching our heads over here about Tennessee for a number of years because even though they have really good recruiting and they've been on the up and up, Missouri, up until last year when they caught us at arguably our worst time and since we've been in the SEC, we've, we've managed to beat Tennessee, and they haven't ever lived up to their hype. What were your expectations about the Volunteers going into the season before that game against Appalachian State? Mine are still the same. I think they're going to win the East. I think they're the most talented team in the East. I think that what you saw in the first game is going to be an anomaly of what you're going to see in the Battle of Bristol. So I don't really get you know get caught up in the hype and start overreacting after week one. I, I get it. Everybody's got to have a, an opinion. Mm-hmm. Oh, here we go. Same old Tennessee or same old this. But you know what? It was week one. You don't get any preseason games, and they didn't play very well. But guess what they won? I remember Virginia Tech beating Ohio State early in the season, and Ohio State went on to win a national championship. So you can play bad early and get better late. The key is you have to continue to get better. So to me, no harm, no foul. They still won. They move on. Thanks, Booger. And I got to tell you, we, you know, we watch a lot of SEC Network over here, and um, we're continually impressed by your depth and knowledge in 14 different teams in this league. You're all over the place and the radio, podcast, television. Every week in, week out, you're one of our favorites, and we really appreciate you being on the show. No doubt, man. Anytime, man. Thanks, bud. All right. Have a safe flight. Later, bud. Take the party wherever we go. Start in the morning. Well, there you have it, Colin. What would you think? All good stuff. All good stuff. Every single one of those guests was extremely educational. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Particularly enjoyed Coach Odom, as always. He's a real personality. He's a straight shooter. you got to appreciate that. you got to respect it. Yeah, I've been listening to a lot of football talk mm-hmm. in this week heading up to, to the Saturday game, and I don't know that any programs had quite as good a guess as we have. No, no. Um, no, and in, in uh, their defense, they probably aren't even trying. Yeah, that's why even bother. Come at the king, yeah. best not miss. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's what we've been um, told. I, Brendan, I think I picked out the part that you disagreed uh, with Booger about. That's Tennessee, I'm imagining. Bingo. Still being, you know what? I almost don't begrudge that that opinion. I mean, at least Booger you know, tells you why, and it makes sense. They still have the most talent. And I think everybody who's picking Tennessee, part of that pick was just an, a general feeling that the SEC East is going to be weak. Mm-hmm. Mizzou is obviously a new coach. They're down. Uh, Georgia's got a brand-new coach. Uh, nobody knows what to make of Florida yet. Vanderbilt or Kentucky or Vanderbilt and Kentucky. Um, so, you know, it's it's easy enough to pick the most talented team, and they did win. And mm-hmm. if, any, if anything happens, you know, from a loss, or not, I shouldn't be a loss, but a, if anything happens from a scare like that at the end of the season, I would hope that would 
wake those kids up and galvanize them a little bit that hey you guys aren't you guys aren't crowned king yet you actually have to go get it even though the SEC network has told you that you're champions you've got to actually go earn it well the big question is will anything wake up Butch Jones and tell him because hey, he's the biggest in-game fuck-up I know of well yeah that's you know like I said I've, I'm fully endorsing Butch Jones getting a lifetime contract to coach in Tennessee I feel like it's the best thing that could happen to Mizzou football mm-hmm. as concerns to the volunteers so but yeah Listen, Tennessee's not Tennessee's not going to achieve much, in my opinion, as long as Butch Jones is their coach. I'll tell you, you know, SEC East Championship maybe, but there's there's not much going to be beyond that. Yeah, I, I still don't think that's going to happen. I I my pick I my pick is is Georgia it has been from the beginning of the season, and it still is. The reason being is, you know, everybody said Tennessee went nine and three, and they only look better. But Georgia went nine and three too, and everybody's shitting on them because they fired Rick. But I mean, still got a guy named Nick Chubb and a good offensive line. Yeah, and and I know they got a first year coach, but they got a first year coach with a nine and three team under his belt. So, like, watch out for Georgia. You know what I'm saying? Well, you know, I picked Florida from the beginning because I'm high on McElwain, and to me, the coach is big big time component in all this, and he's got talent. So Tennessee is not. I mean, maybe Tennessee wins it, but like I said, if Tennessee wins the East, it will be in spite of Butch Jones, not because of Butch Jones. Yeah. So that's why I'm saying that's why that's why I put their ceiling at. I don't want anybody to go. Well, oh, you said Butch Jones is an idiot, and he won the SEC East Championship. But like, no, there's a difference there because with with Gary Pinkle winning it, he was doing it with two and three star recruits. He had coached up and put together uh, tremendous game plans and and did something and achieved something. You know, if Butch Jones wins it, you know, well, fuck, he's got five star recruits up and down the line, and it, it really, you know, he's supposed to win it. You know what I mean? It's one of them's a tremendous coaching job. One of them is fucking cruise control. So I, there's there's a, there's a delineation there. Sure, and uh, I also think that that the division is set up for Tennessee. I mean, all the teams. You know, I mentioned Georgia going nine and three, but they do have the new coach. You know, this if there was ever a year for them to take it, this is it. Oh, in my opinion, if you know, like I said I want them to keep Butch Jones in perpetuity, but um, if he doesn't win it this year, I'd take I shit can him and try to get a good coach. Because there's a lot of talent on that roster, and if you got somebody with you know six brain cells to rub together, I think they would be a dangerous team. But as long as Bush Jones is at the helm of that ship, I'm just not that worried about Tennessee. Well, fuck Tennessee. Uh, what are your thoughts sure. about Eastern Michigan? Uh, I have none. <laughs> you know, I mean, like I don't care what anybody says about them. Team on the rise. This guy's good. That guy's nice. Fuck it. They're a small team. They're a cupcake team. We're supposed to kick them in the mouth. I don't care what their names are, what their record is, or where they come from. Mizzou should beat the shit out of this team and better beat the shit out of this team or I'll be upset. All right, let's uh, let's wrap this motherfucker up with a bow and uh, get ready for football on Saturday. All right. Well, this has been the Mazzodcast. Everybody give us a review on iTunes. Uh, we've been growing with those lately, and we've sent out a ton of stickers. And uh, we need more and more and more reviews because, like we said last week, there are a lot more Mizzou podcasts out there. And we want the world to know that we're the best. Hey, yeah, you lazy assholes. Come on. It's not difficult. Mm-hmm. You got an Apple account. We know you do because you've been downloading Taylor Swift songs. Yeah. Give us a review. Selena Gomez. So, uh, anyway, do that. Tweet at us at Mizzodcast. Send us an email at Mizzodcast at gmail.com. Until Saturday, M-I-Z. Z-O-U. football, man.